0: This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com.
1: To the 15, of the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown!
0: Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Slammed to the ground by Budabaker, like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins!
0: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast visit azcardinals.com slash podcast here we go
1: over the shoulder catch by kirk in the end zone for a touchdown
2: oh baby how's that feel
0: here's craig grielu mike jurecki and 13-year nfl veteran drew stanton
2: the Cardinals remain undefeated, six and zero, after defeating the Browns 37-14 Sunday. Six and zero for the first time since 1974 for this franchise. There's a lot to discuss on this team and their win through all the adversity that they went through. And we're going to cover all of that. Welcome into the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Two names in that intro are here today: Mike Juracki, former Arizona Cardinal quarterback Drew Stanton. I'm Danny Sarek, filling in for Craig Rielu. We welcome you in to the Red Sea Report court there was a lot of adversity (laughs) to say the least in this game let's go through the list real quick of who the cardinals were without head coach offensive coordinator slash play caller cliff kingsbury quarterbacks coach cam turner three defensive players linebacker chandler jones defensive lineman zach allen and defensive lineman corey peters We're all out with COVID, and then on the offensive side of the ball, starting center Rodney Hudson, who's on IR with a ribs and shoulder injury. Despite all of those players and coaches being gone, the team still managed to get their sixth straight win. Drew, what was the most impressive part? of Sunday's one for you.
3: Well, I think it's a couple things, but it's this common theme that keeps showing up. It's limiting the amount of turnovers, winning that turnover battle, which is huge. We talk about each and every week within the game within the game, and where they got those turnovers, giving the ball to their offense in the red zone was was fantastic. Distributing the ball to all of the playmakers they have. Rob touched on it before the game. Fredrickson of of saying, even Christian Kirk, because you start mentioning names and targets, and you didn't even mention Max Williams, who's been a big part of it. So all of these guys are putting their hand in the pile and carrying it on and the other thing that just is so apparent is vance Joseph's effect on this defense because these guys are playing with effort they're going out there and marcus golden and everybody's flying around yes you're going to miss a caliber of talent like chandler jones but when you're you're collectively rallying to the ball and doing that and then breaking the will of the team and making the most important thing and taking that away from the team you're going against they have to divert and they don't have a plan b
4: Drew, you know, we know that Kingsbury was at practice all week. He put the game plan in, obviously, the scripted plays. But having a different voice in Kyler's ear with Spencer Whipple. How difficult is that? Because you want to keep the same cadence as the head, the head coach was doing, and, and I think Cliff picked him because he's very aware of some of their error raid concepts. What, what was it like for Kyler just hearing a different voice?
3: Well, I think it's so muffled that really it sounds the same. You know, you could have uh, anybody in there, and I remember the, the – different people that I've had over the time, it's so muffled that it's sometimes hard to pick up. But in saying that, you see the guy and you want the right temperament. You don't want a guy that's yelling too loud or the plays got to come in efficiently. And, and there are some hiccups that happen throughout the course of the game, but that's to be expected. Nothing major, you know, nothing that really cost them or did any of those things. And again, when they were able to get in the red zone, have a plan, all of the, the, the pieces were already in place, right? And you go through the game plan and you go through Friday's practice and you feel good about everything from the physical standpoint and the mental preparation. And unfortunately Cliff wasn't there to call it, but he can still have so much in point even Saturday and Sunday leading up to the game of making sure that he's kind of, you know, crossing those T's and dotting those I's to make sure Kyler's extremely comfortable. And even Kyler said post game, hey, I, I had a little bit more freedom, which is great. And in the third year of this offense, that's really what you want to do is be able to play the game through the quarterback's lenses and adjust to what's going on. And it was remarkable.
2: Cliff Kingsbury did get through the whole week, tested positive Friday evening, I believe. Do you think it was more helpful that this team had such a short notice, knowing that the coaching staff was going to have to change in the sense that they didn't have a you know all week to stress or worry about it?
3: Uh, that's a great question. You know, I think for me, from my standpoint and being a player, sometimes you you like to get into the routine. You like to the habit, And so I think the fact that the most important day is that Wednesday and that Thursday, the install was already in place. And Friday, you're just buttoning things up. And then you get the news. And then it becomes, okay, well, we're without him, which is, you know, that's a big loss. It, it is. But at the same time, there's enough leadership around here to be able to overcome that. You're getting such quality play from the quarterback. He's seeing the field and being able to disperse the ball. The game plan is already in place. And, you know, there's probably a lot of coaches out there that are going to scoff at this. This, but it, you know it's not about you know what makes good coaching is good players and you see that firsthand and uh it, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes not the X's and the O's and there was
4: great collaboration between you know even Chris Treveller Kyler mentioned we know Colt McCoy's been a big influence on Kyler Murray and then you have uh, Sean Kugler out there and James Saxon and Steve Hyden so it looks like it was a collaborative off effort from the offense and I was anticipating early in the game that they're going to have to burn some timeouts just because you're shuffling players in and out, but we didn't see that in the second half, and so that was good where you're not shooting yourself in the foot or getting behind the sticks.
3: Well, and I think, too, even more so to your point, to – to close that out in the fourth quarter, however long that drive was, where they just they shoved it down their throat and they were able to establish that four-minute style of offense, which everybody wants to call this an air raid style of offense. This isn't an air raid. This is just a lot of talent amassed on a football field. <laughs> and so, within being able to do that, now you add that dimension of James Conner, and they are coming downhill at you. And you know you saw them take the will of that Cleveland Browns defense. Those guys quit. They tapped out midway at midfield. Those guys didn't want to play football anymore. They were already thinking about Thursday night. So So when you have the capability of doing that on top of spreading everybody out and doing that, I mean, that's where I think the collaborative effort of Sean Cooler saying, hey, we need to do this. And Vance Joseph, defensive-minded, okay, you break the will of that defense, the game's ours to be had. And Vance having been a head coach, understanding all of those things, how to manage that, it worked seamlessly. They couldn't have been more pieces in place to be able to overcome these types of obstacles early on and again it's just another way that you have to try and find a way to win a football game in the on the road early on in the season
2: it was defensive coordinator Vance Joseph and assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers who split the head coaching responsibilities while Kingsbury was not there in person he did get to FaceTime and celebrate with the team in the locker room let's hear from that locker room in the postgame speech with Vance Joseph and Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell
5: That is awesome, okay? That's a great, great team win, guys, in all three phases, man. This is part of the story, right? It's part of the story, man. Leadership, awesome all week, guys. No one wavered, no one blinked. Moving forward, man, don't change that. It's working out, Michael, you got it, baby.
0: Guys, you know I don't speak after games, but obviously with Cliff not here, he's on FaceTime right here. Coach. What you guys did today was extraordinary <laughs> and, and special shout outs. Uh, Spencer did an incredible job. Yeah. VJ, Coach Coogs. Yeah. I mean so many so many incredible odds stacked against us for what, what we just went through and what we all just experienced and what I experienced. But what it came down to was the amazing character in this locker room and the amazing leadership in this locker room, and you guys sticking together. And for those reasons, everybody, staff and players, get a game ball.
5: Let's go, Cardinals!
2: Everyone got a game ball in that locker room. Who gets your game ball, though, Drew? One person.
3: Oh, that's a good question. Uh... I mean, I think it was such a group effort, a collective win, but I think you just look at Kyler, right? Everything kind of falls on his shoulders. The two most important games of the year, this one and the Rams game, zero turnovers. And you look at what he's capable of doing and dispersing the ball and the efficiency in the red zone. I, I think that's another thing that just continues to stand out to me is they're not settling for field goals. They're converting these. And it's not one guy scoring touchdowns. It's Christian Kirk. It's you know A.J. Green. It's obviously DeAndre Hopkins who made 10 people miss on that touchdown. And they're running the ball. They're, they're just so balanced and so efficient. But it has to come through the lens of the quarterback being able to see all of these things and a allow things to kind of transpire and not getting greedy i'll tell you
4: what and you, you know this better than i do this team will go as far as kyle murray will take them and the way he's playing uh, i'm not surprised that they went in there and they dominated this game now if you would ask me before the season as you know the browns have a really talented roster they've hit on a lot of high draft picks but when you don't have your starting tackles you, ha- you miss your top running back they're averaging 185 yards on the ground they shut down kareem hunt And really, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry wasn't out there. Were you surprised that the
3: Cardinals dominated like they did against the Browns? no I wasn't surprised because I think if you look at, at what they've been doing against similar type of offenses right like they just needed to shore up everything in that Rams game and be able to not let those gaps and those long runs to transpire but it's very similar to Tennessee they want to run the ball and they want to play good defense and not turn the ball over you force them into an uncomfortable situation where they have to throw the ball and an intermediate drop back passing game that's not who they want to be that's not how they've done it and so when you force them to get out of that hey we want to. To try and run the ball and run the ball and wear you down and then be able to do that it's very difficult because offenses like that aren't capable of flipping a switch and when donovan people's jones is your best wide receiver on sunday that's a huge win because quite honestly the arizona cardinals have four better wide receivers from him alone <laughs> right that you would probably pick over that so when you are talking about that kind of uh Discrepancy and talent on the field, you, you're starting to expect this. And I think league-wide, everybody's got to take notice of these Cardinals because they, from top to bottom, don't blink when situations arise, whether it's the head coach, whether you lose a Pro Bowl starting center, whether it's a, a tight end or Chandler Jones is out or anything in that regard. They just go out and can you continue to play football? And they've bought into that mantra of 1-0, which it sounds cheesy, but that's truly who they are and what they are after six weeks into the season. Now, can they go throughout the course of the entire season as more obstacles are thrown in their way there's nothing to, to believe that that's not capable at this point in time
2: Vance Joseph said this week that the coaches were able to fill in so seamlessly because of the way Cliff Kingsbury prepares this coaching staff every week and he says it was a team effort to make that offense work
5: it took everyone today to kind of, you know, pitch in, you know, to uh, obviously get this done. You know, offensively, the game was called, you know, through the entire staff, you know, and Coach Cliff had it set up, you know, where the guys can call it the same way he called it. And that speaks to Cliff, you know, that speaks to him coaching his staff and coaching his coaches to perform that way.
2: We still got more to come. Lots to talk about from this Browns victory and still to come as we look ahead to the Houston Texans later on here on the Red Cardinals Red Sea Report. Red Sea, be sure to subscribe to the Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Dave Pasch podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit www.azcarnals.com slash podcast for more info. Arizona Cardinals with another explosive offensive game. We're going to take a deeper look into this offense and how they were able to dominate the Cleveland Browns without their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. You're listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals radio network.
1: Takes the shotgun snap, straight drop back, steps up, moves to his left, throws left into the end zone, and it's caught for a touchdown. What a throw to Christian Kirk for six.
5: Kyler Murray steps up, extends the play with his
1: legs, and drops a dime to Christian Kirk. Quick throw to the left side, caught by Hopkins at the 10. Slips a tackle, runs left to the 5. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Wow, DeAndre Hopkins broke a tackle. It looked like he was dead to rights, but he spun out of there. Hits pay dirt. Straight drop back for Kyler. Steps up, lobs it back in the end zone. Wide open is Hopkins, and a touchdown. Kyler back to throw. Fires to the end zone on the right side for A.J. Green. Who Caught it. Touchdown, A.J. Green, one-on-one. A fade, and it's dropped in a bucket for Kyler Murray's fourth touchdown pass of the day. And the Cardinals just put the stake in the Browns.
5: You drop the Twinkie into the toaster. Kyler Murray.
2: Four passing touchdowns spread out amongst three wide receivers in the Cardinals' win over the Browns on Sunday. One for Christian Kirk, one for A.J. Green, and a pair for DeAndre Hopkins. Guys, I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure it's not a smart game plan to leave him wide open in the end zone, but hey, what do I know? It feels like a win-win for the Cardinals (laughs) because if you double-team Hop, well, you've got Kirk and you've got Green, but if you leave him one-on-one, well, that's your mistake. How important is it for this Cardinals offense to continue to spread the ball rather than just give those targets to hop?
3: Well, it's huge because I think it, it makes you play everybody honest, especially when you have a feel for what the defense is trying to do to stop you. You look at that first touchdown to Christian Kirk, and it was a perfect call for that coverage. They're one-on-one on the outside, and they're doing a combo on the inside. So being able to, to get that scissors route on the outside where Christian's actually starting out as number three, that that nickel is in such a bind he takes that post and that's why just that little bit of time that Kyler's able to buy and then put the ball to the the corner of the end zone that's what allows that to happen and in years past maybe Kyler's thinking okay things are breaking down I'm going to try and run I'm going to try and do all these things he's understanding of kind of staying in there and just letting things develop and throw with more anticipation now again the other the other coverages that we saw the blown coverage on DeAndre's second touchdown I mean, that was just miscommunication. And I think people are want to say, hey, the Browns aren't that good or they're shooting themselves in the foot. Well, people need to open their eyes and realize how good the Arizona Cardinals really are. I mean, you look at the effort that is being put forth by DeAndre Hopkins to get in the end zone, not settle for a field goal, and it's infectious because you're watching Justin Pugh make blocks downfield, even that fumble. Like, all of those things, the game within the game that you understand that these guys are putting the extra effort in because they believe in the person next to them, that's invaluable. And then having the, the beauty of, of just throwing it up to A.J. at the, at the end to put the nail, in the coffin. I mean, that's an added dimension. That was a dimension. Great throw. Oh, it was, it was spectacular. But he's doing that, and and guys are sitting there saying, okay, well, how can I get the ball? How can Rondell Moore? You find different ways to get him involved with quick pitches and get him into space and do all of this. It's just where do you start to try and stop this? Because if you play zone, it's a no-win proposition.
4: And one of the biggest things, and we'll get into it here, you're going to hear from, from Murray just the freedom he had when it comes to checking out of plays is, you know, if teams are going to er, – Maybe at certain games earlier, teams were bracketing Hopkins, and he didn't want to force it. But the fact is now he's staying in the pot a lot longer. He's going through his progressions, and now Hop's getting open. And we know on the 50-50 balls, I will take my chances all day with Hop. So it's interesting where he's not forcing it like last year.
3: Yeah, they're, they're not 50-50 balls, right? <laughs> they're not. <laughs> at that point, the, 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 it's tilted heavily in our favor. But I think at the same time, Kyler is now, in his third year, understanding this is a long season. I can't go out here and I can't play street ball. I can't freestyle stuff. I need to work within the confines of the offense. Now that just comes through maturation. Understand what's going on. Like we saw when he had the opportunity to do it against San Francisco, if it's one-on-one, every time I'm trying to throw the ball up to him if I can. Now if there's a safety over the top, where's my plan B? Where's my plan C? And so he has these other options and other tools in the toolbox. And now he's so comfortable because he can check. He can get in and out of stuff and be able to do that. And to have that rapport with the head coach, with the play caller, again, it's a collected effort. And I think that a lot is being made out of the fact that Cliff wasn't there and Cam wasn't there, which is really hard. But it shows, again, the leadership, as uh, Michael talked about in the locker room, of this team, but also the support staff around here. The the culture that exists here, that can't be diminished either because they're not batting an eye when adversity comes. And it's going to come in many different forms.
2: We saw great command from Kyler Murray in that game, and he even joked after the game that without head coach, offensive coordinator, play caller, all of the above, Cliff Kingsbury there, he had a little more freedom in the game.
1: I guess that
5: did give you—I mean, give me a little more freedom just to, you know, whatever I did see, you know, go with it. And that, that's what Whip was saying to I me mean, the whole time. I mean, uh, whatever you see, you know, just, just and I, I stick to that same rule, you know, for as long as it makes sense um, and you got a plan, then, then go with it.
2: Kyler Murray, third straight game without an interception. It was assistant wide receivers coach Spencer Whipple who was calling plays in his ear. We've talked about the maturation of him, and and we saw that mostly really taking down the play clock in the first quarter when they had to take two timeouts. That was really where you only saw the miscommunication of not having Cliff there. Um, But Kyler was making audibles, and that was apparent in the beginning of the game, that 40-yard run by Chase Edmonds. What what did you see about the command that Kyler showed in this game? And is this the first time you've really seen that kind of leadership from him?
3: Well, I think he's capable of it, but it's also you don't want to overload his plate, right? And it's, it's very easy for a quarterback to go back there, especially when defenses get scared you get them on their heels and they start to start to show their cards because you don't want to be out of position you can't be out of position against this offense and if they're split safeties that's an advantageous box to get to a run check and you saw that they were able to gash it quickly and within this style of offense there's very quick hitting run games and Coog's is as good as anybody at, at dialing those up getting the structure of that and i would just imagine without knowing the true ins and outs of what went on on game day and what transpired but when you come over to the sidelines Kyler already had a list of plays that were going to come up that drive, I would think. I mean, whether it's Colt, whether, you know, who it is that is kind of in his ear and relaying that of, hey, we want to get to this run and this run. Hey, we're going to get to this run and pass because we're seeing these coverages. You get into the flow of the game, and I think throughout the course of that, you kind of – put more onus on the quarterback to say hey this is what we're seeing it's either going to be one or two if it's two check the ball to a run play and do that and that's really the next steps you want to see kyler progress to in the system and he's done it seamlessly yeah
4: i also think we we know that year three i got a chance to see in training camp how this offense was humming but I, i think we're seeing the maturity factor from kyler murray where before maybe he would take off and run bail on the pocket he, he's letting things come to him because he has so many weapons and so the fact that he can check out a play now when you when you get a, a play call in your in your in your helmet sometimes rpos you, you can check out but how many times would you check out just based on pre-snap and then when you're getting to the line where maybe they're going to change their uh, formation
3: Well, I think when you get up there and you see the coverage, whether it's a dummy count, a fake fake clap, or you send a motion, or you get these indicators, then you're getting those pre-snap reads because the play within the play is going to dictate where you go. Whether you alert it or can it, you'll hear those those audibles. quite often in any NFL game because they use the same verbiage, but whether it's a run-to-pass or pass-to-run or pass-to-pass, I mean, it all is predicated on what the offense is trying to do. But within that, when you have the ability to go run-to-pass and spread people out and get spacing and and really get guys – I mean multiple guys in this offense you want to try and find space for them you're capable of doing that it just allows that offense to, to hold the defense to a different type of standard because even as good of a pass rusher as Miles Garrett is when the ball's coming out quickly and it's going left it's going right you're moving the pocket you're doing all these things that frustrates those guys like it, it truly does because they're trying to get home and you know they get paid off of one highlight a game if they can get one sack a game that's all they're looking for but if they can't get into a rhythm and the ball is coming out and they're doing these things or you're putting points up on the board and then now you become balanced because you're in second and six second and four and you're running the football and doing all those things you're staying ahead of the chains and when you have that capability on top of not turning the football over it's such a recipe for success at each and every time you step out on the field on sundays
2: Helps that success. It was the fifth win. The Cardinals put up 30 or more points. They scored on all five drives in the first half. Here's what running back James Conner had to say about this team's motivation behind this powerful performance.
3: It was different for us, you know, not having Coach Cliff out there. Um, you know, but we was playing for him. And so, uh, man, everybody stepped up on our coaching staff and our
5: players, too, to get the job done. That's all it was about was just getting this job done. And now we reset and get ready for next week.
2: Obviously, you don't want anybody to get COVID or miss a game. But the fact that this team was without so many key players and coaches and they still found a way to get a win and get a win over a good team. That's something we we could talk about later about the disrespect of this team and the coverage they're getting. But to get this sixth win under so much adversity, how much more confident should this team be knowing this is how good they were not even being full strength?
4: yeah I, and listen i mean i think they put the work in uh it's it's win every day you know one day at a time one game at a time i, I think they got great leadership in that locker room so uh as vance said they didn't blink and, and it showed that you know they had they only punted twice i mean they obviously scored in their first five possessions in in the first half i would say maybe uh because uh lead in punt until late in the game or second half but yeah it's just I think they're so close, and there's a lot of respect for each other in the locker room, but they're all pulling the same rope. And you could see that the genuine all get along with each other, and it shows on the
2: field. So we'll talk about it coming up, I guess, talking about that disrespect. Burgang, the Dave Pash Podcast, episode 12, is available now, featuring Cardinals GM Steve Keim. Episode 13 premieres Wednesday with Suns GM James Jones as a special guest. Follow the Dave Pash podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at Pod. Still to come on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, we're going to talk about the coverage that this team is getting despite being 6-0, and it wasn't just a great outing by the Cardinals offense to secure the win over the Browns. It was another great performance by the defense. We discuss how they held their own against the number one rushing team in the league when we return to the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network.
1: Mayfield with the gun, takes the shotgun snap, drops back to throw, steps up, gets hit by Golden, escapes, and now moves around in the pocket, rolls left, and hit from behind, fumbles the ball, it's loose at the 19-yard line, and the Cardinals fall on it. Marcus Golden stayed after it, forced the fumble, Dogby recovers it inside the Cleveland 20. The junkyard dog, Marcus Golden. Mayfield, 7 steps straight drop. Fires deep right side. Picked off by Alford at midfield. Cuts back to the left at the 45-40. Shotgun snap. Mayfield looking. Pressure on. Mayfield hit, but he steps up again. And he fumbles the ball. It's loose on the far side. Devon Kennard hops on it. He's got it for the Cardinals. Another takeaway. JJ Watt forced the fumble.
2: Welcome back into the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Mike Jarecki, Drew Stanton, I'm Danny Sarek. Another great outing by this Cardinals defense. They held the Browns to just 14 points. It was the fifth, fifth time Arizona has held their opponent to 20 or fewer points. This was, again, without defensive lineman Zach Allen, linebacker Chandler Jones, or defensive lineman Corey Peters. And of all weeks for this Cardinals defense to figure out how to really stop the run, what a great week against the number one rushing team in the league. They held the Browns to just 73 rushing yards. And and look, Nick Chubb did not play because he's hurt. But Kareem Hunt would be a starter on on any other team. So it wasn't an easy task ahead. What finally clicked for this run defense? Well,
4: I just think, uh, you know, I think guys were freelancing early on. And and basically they say, do your job. And it sounds simple and and a cliche, but if you do your job, all 11 guys... Are doing their job. You're not going to have these guys getting to the second level, but Marcus Marcus Golden, I mean, he, to me, he's the glue of this defense. I think Buda Baker's the face along with Chandler Jones, but we always talk about J.J. Watt and Kennard play well, but Marcus Golden, I mean, he got more playing time than he's had in the past. He gets to the quarterback. He's great in the run game. I just think they got a bunch of dogs on defense. These guys are physical. They love the tackle. The secondary, I mean, Jalen Thompson, Buda, Uh, Robert Alford, what a nice play he made. So I think, guys, there was a little freelance. And and when I'm talking about freelance, and J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, they can recover when they do that. But here, they want these guys to stay in your lane and stay in in your gap discipline. And I thought we saw that on Sunday.
2: This team has a plus-eight turnover differential, which is the second best in the league. The key, though, is that this offense – is scoring off of these turnovers. They've put up 55 points off turnovers so far this season. Let's hear from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph on what's behind the success of this team forcing turnovers.
5: It's the culture that we've set. You know, we have a, we have a CPR period every single day. You know, it's, it's, it's club punch rip. And offensively and defensively, everybody goes through it. You know, so our ball security is tested every day and our takeaway ability is tested every day. And I'm telling you, the boys have bought into it. You know, Cliff has bought into it and it's worked. If you can stop the run and take the football away and not give it away, that's, that's good NFL football.
2: Good NFL football stopping the rung and forcing turnovers. Well, check and check in this Cleveland game for the Arizona Cardinals. Defensive lineman J.J. Watt finally got his first sack as an Arizona Cardinal. He's come so close the last couple of games. And what a great play. Strip sack, recovered by linebacker Devon Kennard. Again, Cardinals offense scored off the turnover. J.J. Watt also had a pass deflection. I mean, he's... He, Two great games back to back for him. How excited were you to finally see him, you know, get that strip sack and, and move past that now?
3: Yeah, well, I think it's just contagious, right? You see the guys that are out there and the effort they're putting forth. And when your best players are playing at that high level, it just it has an effect on everybody. It has an effect on the entire team. But you see Marcus's first one with a relentless effort, and then all of a sudden JJ's out there, and he's staying after Baker, and then he gets the strip sack. Uh, and then you have the wherewithal and the savviness to stay. Okay, well, I know this is a patching, passing situation. Can't get to the quarterback. He's getting double-teamed, and he gets his long arms up. And Baker, you know, it's a deflection. Those are the things that you don't realize on third down then leads to the fourth down play that stops it because as Robert Elford makes a play. They're playing great team defense. And yes, missing Chandler Jones and his capability, you always want that whenever it's allowed. But when you don't have that, it makes everybody pick up the slack a little bit. you know. As MJ was talking about, that everybody grab the rope and everybody's pulling in the same direction. And when you find that, especially on defense, and you play complementary football, plus eight, the turnover, that's not just an offense doing well, that's an offense and a defense working in unison and doing a very good job and being conscientious of it as Vance was talking about because these are practiced, learned traits. It's talked about. This isn't happenstance that you end up at plus eight. You know, if you stay around even, then that's one thing. But when you are making a conscious effort each and every week to stay ahead of that, that's where you see this really kind of start to differentiate and say we're six and zero oh because of the plus eight turnovers, and then also in the red zone, we're not settling for field goals. There's no secret sauce here. It is what it is, and they're distributing the ball perfectly.
4: Well, and the fact that they haven't turned the ball over in the last couple of games, and that goes a long way where, you know, initially after a couple of weeks, well, Kyle's got four interceptions. Well, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad. But according to Vance, J.J. Watt you know, clearly didn't participate in training camp. I think they were being cautious, and the main thing was to get him in week one. He, he thought he got off to a slow start week one, week two, but they kind of moved him around a little bit more. And he was facing some double teams, but now you're starting to see the upside of him. Putting pressure, tackle for losses. I mean, he's third in the league when it comes to pressure. So... Over the last four games, you're starting to see the upside of J.J. Watt. And just imagine when they're all healthy on defense. You can't double-team every single guy.
3: Yeah, no, and J.J.'s known as a freestyler on this league. That's what allows him to make those splash plays, those TFLs that he gets and he's known for is an entire course of his career. He makes those plays because sometimes he will shoot a gap. But knowing when to shoot that gap is when it matters most, to your point. And when you have a veteran like that, he knows his capabilities. He knows the circumstances. He knows when he can do that because, at times, if you don't pick that time correctly, you leave those linebackers hung out to dry. So you have to be very aware of when you do it. But when he does it, it's really been beneficial for the team because it's allowed those to transpire into drive ending type of situations.
2: The Browns went for it on fourth down four times, and they were stopped three. The Cardinals have now stopped seven of the last nine fourth down attempts in the last two games between San Francisco and Cleveland. Vance Joseph was saying he's not surprised teams are going for it because when you've got a Cardinals offense as explosive as this one is, that's what he expects from teams. Are you surprised teams are going for it as much as they are still?
4: Well, I do think analytics plays a role, but, you know... I also think that, you know, teams are going forward on fourth down because they want to keep Kyler Murray on the sidelines. But I, I do think you look at San Francisco in the last game, I mean, you got to push the envelope. you you got to try to steal a possession by getting a first down. Or, and They don't want to punt because they're going to get the ball back to them. So I think it's analytics, but they want to leave Kyler Murray on the sidelines.
3: Yeah, I, I think for me it's easy because we're sitting here talking and I don't have to make these decisions. But analytics <laughs> is so involved now, and yep. for me – I think it was Joe Judge said, said, hey, computers don't go play football games. There is a mentality, and if you're worried about Kyler or the flow of the game, But I played for a head coach, and I've been around a lot of people. I want as many points as I can get in the first half. I'm kicking field goals. I'm doing that because all of a sudden you don't get those. And we've talked about this before with Vance. Vance is like, yeah, I expect it. Those are as good as turnovers because the ball changes possession at that time. So it's like getting a fumble or an interception because it's gone. So to get seven of those or whatever they've gotten, I I saw the stat that they have more this year than they had all of last year already. So – to be able to get that change possession, then put the ball in this dynamic of an offense, it's remarkable. So I am always under the impression: take points when you can get them in the first half because you play the first half to see what you need to do to win it in the second half. Well,
4: Vance said I have more in my uh, my toolbox than you. What are you going to do on third and one, fourth and one? I mean, you're you're not going to go to the outside. You're probably going to run at the middle. So he says, "Go for it." I mean, he looks forward to the teams going on fourth down.
3: Yeah, you know, and this is again like the CPR drill that he was talking about mm-hmm. this is a thing you practice now in today's NFL like we used to open up every practice with these fourth and goal to go situations so you're getting these reps you're playing these mental preparation games already in your head so when they come about you're not sitting there doing this or you're making the checks and when you have guys like Buddha Baker that can make those checks or Jordan Hicks that's showing up and getting everybody in the right call all of these things are allowing you to go out there and have supreme confidence so yeah Vance Joseph's like all right let's go let's see what happens and if you don't get it it, then you're behind the eight ball now because the ball's handed back over to Kyler on this explosive offense
2: and no team has had to defend against more fourth down attempts Cardinals lead the league with 14 here's what cornerback Robert Alford had to say about teams continuing to go for it on fourth down against them
5: we're just working our tail off at practice man when, when, when we feel like teams is going for it on fourth down we feel disrespected and that, and that makes us um, grid up e- even more. And um, the day show, man, hey, stop going for it on fourth down upon us cause we're going to bring our, our big boy pads and whatever we need to do to win that down.
2: Drew, you were in Cleveland recently when you were playing, so I just have to ask you, real quickly, as we're talking about the defense, let's quickly talk about Baker Mayfield and what you saw from him Sunday.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I said going into the game, turnovers is going to be huge. And I think that when you turn the ball over, it's hard to win. When you lose that battle, I think it was minus three. Uh, is that what the Cleveland Browns were? It's hard. And they're known for being a run first type of an offense losing both tackles, not having Nick Chubb, um, not having Jarvis Landry. Again, but. There's no excuse for that. This is the NFL. Everybody has to deal with injuries. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you, and that's no excuse for Baker, even though he's a dear friend and I want to see him have success. It's just you have these football games. You can't do that, and, and he knows it, and he was probably trying to press and do some things, and they're going to get things figured out in Cleveland. They've got too many players. they got too much talent, but you have to go out there and for 60 minutes play a clean football game.
4: How much do you think the uh, shoulder is affecting him? I know it's his non-throwing shoulder, but it's got to be some effect. His numbers are down when it comes to completion percentage. He hasn't
3: thrown as many touchdowns as he has in the past. Well, I think that offense, again, Like you talk about what the offense is. Is there a superstar quarterback that's ever been in that offense? I mean, do you pay somebody $40 million to run that offense when you're going to run the ball as much as they're running it, when they're going to come up and they're going to try and shove it down your throat? I mean, John Elway was the last quarterback in that Kubiak system that went out and won a Super Bowl. The NFL game has changed so drastically that Baker's not asked to win football games, but he also then can't lose it. And that comes with ball control. So being cognizant of that trying to do it but when you take those first and second uh, luxuries away it's hard to then uh, divert and go in a different direction right now for that team.
2: Zero points allowed in the second half of that game against the Browns for the Arizona Cardinals defense, allowing an average of just 18 points per game tied for second in the league. Episode four of Cardinals Folktales entitled Drafting Jake is available now on the Cardinals YouTube channel www.youtube.com slash Cardinals. The episode features a look at the Cardinals selection of former ASU quarterback Jake Plummer in the 1997 NFL draft. Watch Cardinals Folktales at YouTube.com slash AZCardinals. Still more Cardinals Red Sea Report to come right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Run play to the left for Connor to the 45, drags defenders down to the 42. Gain of 9 for James Connor off the left side. David, do you hear that muffled beat right now? That is the telltale heart
5: of the Cleveland Browns. And it's beating faintly.
1: Shotgun snap to Murray. Give to Connor again off left side. He's got a crease at the 30, down to the 25, and tackled at the 24. 15 carries, 16 yards, and they're pulling the hearts out of the Cleveland Browns now. Inside, seven minutes to go, leading 30 to 14. It's a run play up the middle, inside the 20. And Connor keeps the feet moving, and he gets a first down inside the 15 to the 14. They cannot tackle. James Conner maybe they don't want to oh my goodness James Conner
5: he's running the ball like he's Judge Dredd out here David certainly ruled and found the Cleveland Browns to be guilty <laughs> he's hammering them
2: Cardinal signed running back James Conner to a one-year deal in April and so far he has delivered in his role making those tough angry runs downhill to wear out the defense. In their final drive, the Arizona Cardinals used Connor to their advantage. He had six runs to set up the A.J. Green touchdown to put the game away. How essential has this run game been in the fourth quarter to wear down these defenses?
3: It's huge. I mean, when you can control the line of scrimmage, when you can control the ball, and then it amounts to points at the end, and you're, it becomes a numbers game. Um, you know, The analytics would love to, to break that down for us, but <laughs> When you look at that and the score and you start looking at the clock and say, man, we're down three possessions, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. You can't allow that to happen. But when you're methodically going down the field and getting these chunk runs, these explosive runs that are amounting to first downs and the chains reset themselves, it just becomes defeating. And you saw that. You saw, them, you saw that Cleveland Browns defense quit. I mean, there was one – I don't know what, exactly which run it was in that montage, but he was – dead to rights and he starts fighting his keeps his legs turning again. You see the offensive lineman down the field blocking. It's a constant theme that we've seen. And these these themes that we've seen all the way back to training camp of the concerted effort to get this type of talent in here. The guys with this type of pedigree this is why you have them this is why you have james Conner to go out and close games to be on the goal line to be able to set a tone and a mentality because of the place that he came from in pittsburgh he's a true pro he understands that his preparation same thing you know with aj green going out to finish out a game where he hadn't been involved that much in that drive boom he gets an opportunity he makes a big play he's played in that stadium throughout the course of his entire career and has had averaged over 70 yards boom he does that and that puts the nail in the coffin.
4: Yeah, this is something the Cardinals didn't have last year, and then everyone wanted Kyler Murray to go under center and all of a sudden Cliff's going for fourth down, and you know, sometimes he's in when he's in the gun, you gotta go for a yard. So um he's he they really got a good one two punch, and I can recall the Titans game, the Rams game, and this previous game where basically the Cardinals controlled the fourth quarter by running the football. And it, it's demoralizing because the other team knows what the score is and they still can't stop it. It's, it's 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 really when you look at the offensive line, they should get more credit for opening up with these holes.
3: Yeah, and it's not just one guy doing it, right? Uh, you want to try and stop a defensive force like Miles Garrett, but you have a great left tackle and DJ's going out there and he didn't have to have a bunch of help throughout the course of the day. So that allows you to kind of stick to what you're doing in the run game. And then, again, Rodney Hudson's out. You plug in a, a new center and a new dynamic there that could have an effect they don't blink and i think again it's the leadership it's the coaching and cougs like he was saying my dad was a firefighter you couldn't take a day off as a firefighter you had to you're going to work and the next man had to go pick up the hose and get back at it so that is what you're seeing with these guys from start to finish because they play a full 60 minutes and that's not something that you can take for granted and because in years past or or different teams or organizations you look at kyler's skill set and you say well yeah let's just do zone reads let's do this you're putting him in harm's way which is the worst thing you can do to close out a football game no football game one game is going to be worth the health of your quarterback for the longevity of the season so now you're taking the ball out of his hands you're putting it in a very capable backs hands that you can kind of come through it and again there's so much depth on this team to have the luxury at each and every position that if an injury does arise here or there you're able to overcome that and you're seeing it week in and week out right now
2: on that final drive connor accumulated 40 of his 71 total rushing yards that game just incredible not an easy task knowing it's your job to make those gritty runs and wear down a defense to secure the win here's what connor had to say about his mentality throughout those plays
3: it's time to muscle up. You know, we know our roles and, you know, I, I'm getting on my old line. I'm telling them it's time to play bully ball. Um, you know, I'm just making sure I'm putting the ball in the right place and, and running hard and protecting it and, uh, you know, getting time off that clock. So that's just the mentality, you know, I've, that's that's why I'm here.
2: Okay, let's look ahead now as the Cardinals look to get their seventh straight win, continue this undefeated streak. They're going up against the one in five Texans who haven't won a game since their season opener. What's the key to mentally staying locked in and not get comfortable with the fact that you're not only 6-0, and but you're facing a team that is clearly struggling?
3: Well, it's twofold, right? Everybody knows who they play after the Texans because that's all anybody's talking about, the Thursday night game against Green Bay. So you don't look ahead. You you trust the process that's in place, the 1-0 mentality. The process is a lot of people refer it to as, as I know it. You know what Tuesday looks like and Wednesday. and Thursday. So everything leading up, it doesn't matter who you're going against. Todd Haley used to say you're playing a bunch of against a, a bunch of great, uh, great nameless faces and you go out there and you play. It doesn't matter because the they're all getting paid to play this professional football game, and they're capable of beating you. Now how you counterbalance that is by saying, okay, we don't turn the ball over. That's where it starts because you allow them to give them a glimmer of hope, to let them in or hang around. Then all of a sudden the, the game becomes in balance. If you go out and you execute and you continue to do everything you're doing with precision, you're going to find yourself up at halftime, and these guys are going to be like, man, we're a one-on-five football team. And we don't stand a chance to be on the field. And then you go and you wear them out in the second half, just like James Conner was able to do in the run game, and you get out of there with a win. Now that happens through through doing those three things and the veteran leadership on this team is saying the same exact thing in the locker room don't turn the ball over let's be smart in the first half let's stop them and don't give them any hope yeah
4: last year I mean they, they go 2-0 and and all of a sudden they you know didn't maybe t- take the Lions seriously then they go to Carolina and they kind of laid an egg so I don't this is a different team they got different leadership uh, they're more physical than they were a year ago it just looks different so Uh, The leaders in that locker room, they're not going to overlook the Texans. You you worry about the Packers next week uh, when you play them, but right now the focus is on the Texans regardless of their record. They are NFL players, and any given Sunday something can happen. So don't go out there and take it lightly. Keep, Keep the momentum going into the Thursday night game against the Packers.
3: Yeah, and I think, too, adding on that, right, 2-0 2-0 is far different than 6-0. and the, the snowball effect, the momentum that's being created, there is an expectancy to go out there and win each and every Sunday because now they're doing it, and they've put the league on notice. So they've put tape out there for six weeks now saying, hey, this is our true identity as opposed to maybe two weeks in. So I look forward to them going out there and making another statement and, and uh, having a very good showing.
2: This will be the first game we get to see the newest Arizona Cardinal out on the field. Tight end Zach Ertz. Cardinals made a trade with the Eagles after tight end Max Williams suffered a season-ending right knee injury against the 49ers. What are you most excited about for Ertz to bring to this offense?
4: Well, just uh, another weapon, uh, you know, in the red zone. You know, clearly that the Cardinals love to go eleven personnel. Now he may be not the same blocker, but the efforts there. He's a, he's a guy that's willing to block, but I think he's going to be a weapon when it comes to eleven personnel. Give the organization credit. They did not wait for the trade deadline, and he's going to be a, get a chance to practice this week and play.
2: Cardinals and Texans, Sunday, 125 kickoff time from State Farm Stadium. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. The Arizona Cardinals are looking to get their seventh straight win. They've got 6 and 0 which is the best. last time they've had a record is that to start the season 1974. We're going to see Zach Ertz on the field for the first time. Former Houston Texans wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins defensive lineman JJ Watt going up against their former team. You got to imagine it'll be emotional emotional game for them as well. Red Sea, thanks so much for tuning into the Cardinals Red Sea Report. For Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Amahandro, Technical Director Jeff Darge, Producer Stan and Mike Jarecki, I'm Danny Sarek. Thanks for listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
0: You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
2: Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown.
1: Huda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby.
0: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app.
1: Touchdown. Cardinals win.
0: This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.